and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Let's get on to some shout-outs. Orson and Drew like to listen to the show almost every day. Thanks for that drawing, Orson. I think if you two were characters in the stories, you'd be cookie ninjas who bake magical desserts that give you special powers when you eat them. Thanks for listening, Orson and Drew. And Emmeline from Brooklyn shared some totally sweet drawings. Thanks for those, Emmeline. I think if you were a character in the stories, you would be a wind wizard who can disappear in the wind and travel on the breeze. Thanks for listening, Emmeline. Today's episode is titled Atomic Shark Attacks, Part 3. It didn't take long for Wyatt to be at full strength once again. Brooks's mysterious healing powder hurt at first, but it ultimately fixed his brother's broken wing pretty well. Wyatt flew as fast as he could back to the valley with Brooks on his back. We're not going to reach Atomic Shark before he gets to the valley, Brooks yelled over the wind. I know, I've got a plan, Wyatt growled back to Brooks. Wyatt flew above the valley and headed right for a town they had heard of but had never visited. Brooks saw the bright flashing lights of the sign just outside town. It read, Power Up, and then he knew Wyatt's plan. We're getting some cool stuff at Power Up to help us fight Atomic Shark. Good idea, he said as they landed. Power Up was known all over as a technological hub and a leader in machine innovation. What couldn't be fixed with magic could surely be fixed at Power Up. Brooks and Wyatt needed something good and they needed it fast. Unfortunately, they had never been to the town of Power Up before and didn't know where to go. So, they headed to the biggest building in town, visible from all around. It was the main engineering building where all the greatest minds worked. They rushed inside and were quickly lost in a sea of scientists in lab coats and strange tech everywhere. Okay, I have seen this look before, said one short scientist with a big bushy gray mustache. You are heroes in a super-duper rush trying to find some kind of thing to help you defeat the bad guy, yes? Brooks and Wyatt looked at each other, confused. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so, said Brooks. Of course you are, I've seen it a thousand times. Come this way, my name is Victor and I have what you need, said the scientist. They followed the little old genius down a series of hallways and into an empty laboratory. The lab was a mess. It was filled with robots and all kinds of strange-looking pieces of tech. Victor stood next to a device hanging from a hook on the wall. He lifted this device off the wall and held it out for Brooks and Wyatt to see. It looked just like a long, thin, rectangular strip of metal with some buttons and a couple tiny flashing lights. This is a newer invention that I call the fart belt, Victor began. This device can amplify a person's farts up to 1,000 times. The smell and the sound and the impact of each fart can be controlled by the buttons here on the belt. Victor pressed a few buttons on the fart belt and it beeped. Brooks and Wyatt said nothing for a moment. Did, did you say that's a fart belt? asked Wyatt. Yes, it's a fart belt. Not a very flashy name, I know, said Victor. And, and you said that it um, amplifies farts? Like, if I'm wearing it, then my farts will be bigger? Asked Brooks. Oh, yes, much bigger. E explosive, even, said Victor. You could blow a house down with this baby. But 
But why would I want that? I mean, how would bigger farts be helpful in battle? Asked Brooks. I don't know. You just maybe do a fart so stinky that the bad guy runs away? Or, I, I don't know. Some of the other heroes around here are very interested in farty type things. Well, we're not really interested in farty type things, said Wyatt. What else have you got? Okay, then. Okay, no farty things. Okay. Victor was mumbling as he walked around his laboratory, scratching his chin and thinking hard. Oh, I have just the thing, Victor said. He picked up a necklace made of thin, rectangular pieces of shiny blue metal. This is a time controller necklace. Whoever wears the necklace can turn their body forward or backward in time. Except, right now, I have only figured out the backward in time. Again, Brooks and Wyatt were a little bit confused. So you mean, if I'm wearing that necklace, then I can go back in time? Asked Wyatt. That could be useful. No, no, no. I mean, your body can go forward or backward in time. Meaning you can get older or younger. But like I said, I have not developed the older part yet, just the younger part. So... If I'm wearing the necklace, I, I could get younger? Asked Brooks. So I could, like, become a baby in the middle of battle or something? Exactly! You're fighting the bad guy, and suddenly, poof! You become a little crying baby in a diaper who needs his barber. And the bad guy is like, what is going on here? My enemy just became a little crying baby, and I'm totally freaking out right now. I must run away. I, I, I don't think you know how bad guys work, said Wyatt. There is a 20-foot-tall land shark somewhere in the valley right now who can punch holes in boats and blast lasers from his eyes. He doesn't care if our farts stink or if we're babies or anything. He's on a rampage and we need to stop him. I see. Yes, is that makes sense. So, so no farting and no babies and no farting babies. Let me sink, let me sink. Oh, I've got it! Here, put this on. Victor picked up a basic-looking gold crown and handed it to Brooks. Instead of gemstones, the crown had little flashing lights and there were a few buttons on the inside. But mostly it looked like a basic crown. Um, okay, said Brooks. He wasn't sure if he should put the crown on after hearing about Victor's other inventions. You, you sure this crown has nothing to do with farts or babies or anything silly like that? No, 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 said Victor. Follow me. Come, come, come. The brothers followed Victor into an adjacent room where there were all kinds of robots just, just lined up in rows, like a, like a storage closet of robots. Okay. The crown you are wearing controls a bunch of robots in this room. Just turn them on with your mind, and they will power up and do whatever you think, said Victor. There were so many different robots in this room that Brooks had no idea what to expect. There were small, winged robots hanging from the ceiling. There were flat robots with wheels. There were cleaning robots and old rusty robots, and some were just piled in a corner, their limbs and parts all intertwined. Brooks set the crown firmly on his head and adjusted it so it was comfortable. He closed his eyes and thought, telling the robots to wake up with his mind. He had never controlled robots with his mind before, but he figured it couldn't be much different than using magic. A great rustling then came from the room as an unknown number of robots powered up, lights flashing, 
and began marching to Brooks. Brooks, Wyatt, and Victor went into the hallway and waited for all the bots to line up. The robots that clanked out into the hallway were blue and white and simple enough. Two arms and two legs made of various shapes of metal plating, each plate painted either blue or white. The heads of each robot were also pretty simple. They were gray, with two eyes and a mouth and two internal antennas on either side of the head. Once the clanking stopped and all the robots were still, Wyatt and Brooks were surprised to see nearly 30 units standing before them. Wow, this is more like it, said Wyatt. Thanks, Victor. Uh, what can they do? What can they do? Pretty much everything. Each robot has rocket boots and retractable wings, allowing them to fly through the air at top speeds, began Victor. Also, the robots are outfitted with rocket fists. They can project their fist at a target, and once the fist hits the target, it automatically goes back to the robot and reattaches to the arm. Kind of like a boomerang, but with a fist? Like a fisterang? said Brooks. Yes, that's a much cooler name, actually. I'm going to call it a fisterang from now on, said Victor. Okay, then you take all the robots and the robot-controlling crown, and I will send you a bill. Oh, yeah, how, how much is this going to cost us? asked Wyatt. Oh, it will cost you lots and lots of money, yes, very much money, said Victor. Robots are so expensive, you know. But don't worry about that now. Just go and fight the bad guy and have fun. Bye-bye. Victor shuffled off down the hallway, and the brothers were left alone with their new small army of robots. Huh. I, I guess we've got some robots now, said Brooks. Guess so, said Wyatt. So what's the plan? We just go find Atomic Shark and fight him off back to the dark side? Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's get to it, said Brooks. So the two brothers and their small army of robots marched out of the town of Power Up, looking to pick a fight with a 20-foot-tall laser-eyed land shark. The end. Thanks for listening, friends. Now, before you go, I want to issue a gentle reminder about potty talk. We heard some funny fart stuff in this episode, and it's good to laugh it up and all that. But remember, there's a time and a place. Don't go around all fart, 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 poop, poop, poop all the time, or your parents won't let you listen to this show anymore. Just play it cool, all right? That said, if you draw a funny scene of you or someone else wearing the fart belt and email it to me at kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com, then I will mail you some new Awesome Kids Stories podcast stickers, even if you live outside the U.S. So sit down and take a minute to draw a silly picture. I can't wait to see it. Adios!